Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. this um, moment for a while. I've been super excited. My family is here, my sister, and I know Michael's going to introduce Kelly. My sister's here and my brother-in-law, and um, he's just one of the most uh, greatest soul winners I think I know, one of the greatest. Wherever he goes, um, he's always talking to people about the love of Jesus and talking about what God did in his life and, and leading people to the Lord if we're at a restaurant, no matter where it is. He's a soul winner. What he preaches about on stage, he lives it off the stage. He goes all to different countries. He has a major call to the mission field and um, to unreached people groups. And he has seen some crazy things happen uh, with people getting just healed, miraculous things. He has an anointing to pray for people to be healed. And uh, he's seen some awesome things. So I'm just honored to have him and my family here to minister this morning. I couldn't be more excited. So I want you to give the hugest fearless welcome to Pastor Michael Williams. to be in Fearless LA. You may be seated. Ha, ah, man, I'm just excited to be here. You know, um, people do this because uh, it's just so heartfelt in them, and this is a miracle. This is a miracle. Somebody shout, this is a miracle. Uh, Pastor Jeremy and Christy are uh, just great friends. They are champions. They. Are, I'm waiting for somebody to say amen. They're just... They're just amazing. I remember years ago when he came to me, we were on staff together at the House Modesto up north in California, and he said, I'm going to plant a church in downtown Los Angeles. And I said, that's awesome, man. That's great. That's awesome. And it didn't give up. And it was like five years ago, and he kept on and kept on, and he just launched out in faith. And there, you guys are just a miracle. You are seeing just the greatness of God and the wonder of God. And... I want to say something about Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy. You know, they, they have in them the DNA of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they have sold everything out. And uh, I don't know if you know this. Can you look at me just for a second? They don't do this for money. They don't get paid to do this. In fact, you know that your pastor has to travel just to make sure that we can meet here at the exchange. How many think that's a pretty good guy? He's going after it just so we can have this environment. Pastor Chrissy, her worship is all over the country and amazing. What an amazing anointing she has just to bring in the glory of God. Do you appreciate your pastors, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Christy? My goodness. 
Um, he's actually one of my greatest friends, and I love him so much. And uh, I'm just excited to be here. I'm very honored to be here and uh, excited to share with you the Word of God. How many enjoy the Word of God in the house of God? Amen. My beautiful wife, Kelly, is here. Kelly, will you just stand up? Come on, come on. Woo! Amen. And uh, our two children are here somewhere with um, the kids' ministry back there. And Jotham and Zoe, they're almost seven, almost four, and uh, we're just excited to be here. How many have a Bible in the house of God? Uh, you have a Bible in here? Uh, I want to read two scriptures, and then uh, I'm going to share a little bit, and we'll jump in the Word. Um, how many know this is our time? Uh, I've been listening. I've been checking it out. This is our time. Come on, who's in agreement that this is your time? It's, it's about time. It's my time. It's been long enough. It's our time. Come on, if you're in agreement, somebody shout, it's our time. Somebody say, it's my time. Would you slap your neighbor in the head and say, wake up, it's your time. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time to raise up. It's your time to take Los Angeles in the name of Jesus. God is not interested in taking sides. He's interested in taking over. He's interested in taking land. He's interested in going beyond these walls and filling up a stadium in fearless L.A. God is interested in you taking over. I've not met a God of limitations. I'm sorry. I met a God who's interested in absolutely taking over the joint, taking over the city. I don't know if you're ready for this, but I want you to know he's already done it. He's already done it. He's just looking for somebody to join in the team, to join in the mission, because Fearless L.A. belongs to Jesus, and this city belongs to Jesus. This city, oh, you don't even believe it now. I'm just going to say it. This city belongs to Jesus. Somebody ought to just declare it out there like you know it's true. Not one of these preachers now that just says stuff. The earth is the Lord in the fullness of in the fullness thereof, and all them, all them that dwell therein. The earth is the Lord. The earth is the Lord. Come on, say it like you know. It's his. Huh. I remember casting the devil out of this, this dude. Sorry. And he, he was messed up. And the devil looked at me and said, Mine! I mean, it was freaked out. Seriously, his eyes were bugged out. And I said, God! It flipped around like a fish. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. You all just walk around the city and say, this city belongs to God. This city belongs to God. Trying to get that out because what I feel like is God sent these two crazy people, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Christy, to come plant a church in a crazy place and not to just take sides, but to take over, to literally take over this city. Come on, if you believe it, that's why you're here. If you don't know it, this is our, it's our time, it's our time, it's our time. Matthew 10 Verse 7, I think we have it on the screens. How many have a Bible? How many got like electronic Bible, got a Bible? Folks, give me a hard time for this. I got more Bibles than you got. If you got just one Bible, I got like 100 Bibles, okay? So just relax. How many appreciate the electronic Bible? I knew I was in the right place. I just feel warm and fuzzy right there. Yes, yeah. How many have just a real Bible? We got like a real Bible. 
Hey, I love you too. I got, I've got a bunch of those. How many read the NIV Bible? NIV. I got saved in the NIV. I got saved in NIV. I love the NIV. I wear out the NIV. All my old Bibles are like, you know, started this big. They're like that big. You know, I love, I love the NIV. Love the New King James. Love the King James. Love the NLT. I love all of them. I love the Amplified. There's not a Bible, in fact, that I have not found that I don't like. Does anybody like the Word of God? Mm, 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 mm. Feel like shouting in here. Feel like shouting. I don't know, but there is a takeover spirit in here because it's our time. The, the walls are shouting right now. It's our time. It's our time. It's our time. Come on, come on. It's our time. Matthew chapter 10, a very familiar portion of scripture. This is one of those shouting scriptures. The Bible says if we have it up there, we can put it up there. There it is. As you go, preach. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jumping over to Luke chapter 10, 17 through 20. In the 70, they returned with joy. Jesus sent them out. They returned with joy. And, and, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, over all, over all the power of the enemy. Hmm. I, I gave you the authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you. Rather rejoice, because your name are written in heaven. Let's pray. You can bow your heart. You don't have to, you don't have to bow your head. You don't have to be religious. You can, you can open your eyes to heaven. It's trying to help you. You can lift your hands. You can do whatever you want, but bow your heart before the Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, that this is a day that you made, and we're already rejoicing in it. We're already sensing, God, your freedom. We're already sensing, God, your glory. We're already sensing, God, you in this place. You, God, have created us, Father, to worship. This is a house of worship, God. We've taken it over for your glory. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, God, for your victory in Jesus in this place. Thank you, God, that the demons are shaking off, God. Thank you, God, that sickness is shaking off, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you, God, for your glory manifesting here to a degree, God, that we have not even seen it before. I thank you, God, that, Lord, right now there'll be bursts of glory bursting out of the walls of this, bursting out, rocking people as, Father, they're, they're walking by. They just get sucked in like the tractor beam, Father, in Star Wars. They just get sucked in, God. Do, Father, what you can only do. This is a supernatural place, God. We are supernatural beings, Father. Thank you, God. We are not natural. We're supernatural, God. We are not natural, God. We are supernatural. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing, God. Help me now. Do what you call me to do. Help me now. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you're in agreement, somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, since I see a lot of familiar faces, and by the way, so good to see some of my awesome friends that I've known for years and so many faces that I have not seen. But since I don't know you, I just thought, well, man, I'll just share a little bit about why I'm even on the stage, why Michael is standing on the stage. So you know, I, 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 did not, I was not raised in church. I was not raised in church. In fact, there was no way I was going to your church. 
You, you could have held a gun to me, and I said, I, I'm not going. I, I unfortunately, not advocating this, unfortunately, I used to smoke weed like I was putting on my shirt in the morning. For, I'm just telling you, for real. It may not be your testimony. That's my testimony. Drink alcohol like it was crazy. I was raised with it. I was raised with partying like that's what you did. My dad partied hard, and he worked hard. Got up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day of his life, even on the weekends. We had to be done with breakfast clean by 6.30. Guy was a trip. Partying. All these drugs in my house. So I was a little kid, and I didn't know any different. So guess what I did? I partied. Worked hard and partied. And so fast forward. I'm 25 years old. I have my crew, my homies. We hang out together. One of my best friends was my pot dealer. Glad there's no kids in here. Little babies will be all right. And uh, I was reading this book, and this book is called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. You ever heard of that book? Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a famous book, and it's, about that I, it's basically about the absurdity of consensual crimes. A consensual crime is a victimless crime. In other words, that, that if you do something in your house, you know, you're not hurting nobody. You know, you, you, can, you ought to be able to smoke weed in your house. You ought to be able to do what you want to do. And I was like, I was all about that. I was like, I'm going to check this book out. So just so happened, listen, listen how crazy God is. Just so happened that in the book, it had a chapter that said what Jesus in the Bible really said. And I would never have read that chapter unless the rest of the book was so good like I thought it was. And I thought, well, I'll, write, I'll, I'll read this. And in, in the chapter, it had red letter quotes, literally like a Bible it was in red letters. And I, I read what Jesus said. As soon as I began to read the word of God, how many know that we know truth when we hear truth because we come from truth? As soon as I began to read the word of God, all of a sudden the word was jumping off the page and hitting me in the chest just like it's doing now. And my first thought was this. I said, if, if this is God, if God said this, then this is God. I'll never forget that. That's what I, I know it's real deep right there. I said, if, if God said this stuff, then this is God. Yeah. So I called my mom that night. And I said, hey, mom. I said, it's Michael. I told her it was me. And then I said, hey, do you got a Bible? She said, Michael, is this you? Said, yes, it's me. Do you have a Bible? She said, well, I, I can get you one. I said, well, that'd be awesome. So the next day, I had an hour and a half commute. The next day, I was getting ready to go out, stepped out of the threshold of my front door, and there was a package at my feet. My mom had wrapped a Bible. I don't know how in the world. I still don't know how she got it and got it at my front door. We lived about 45 minutes apart. You know, if there was no traffic, it was an hour and a half of traffic. And uh, there's a Bible. So I put it on my coffee table, and I thought later on I'm going to check it out. Go to work, get home, hour and a half commute. How many know about commutes in Los Angeles? Woo. Woo. That 30 minutes could, you know, but my goodness, an hour and a half. And uh, so I get home, and uh, there's no children around. I just put a big bong load. How many know? Don't, I don't do it. Don't do it. And this was me, big old bong load. I know we're talking about the Bible, right? And so I begin to smoke that, looking at my Bible, thinking this is going to be awesome. I'm drinking a beer. It's just typical night. I know that ain't your testimony. That's me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, enjoying that, that moment right there. And, uh, and all of a sudden, so I, I, I grabbed the Bible, and I'm, I'm messed up right now. I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I, was, I was stoned. And I grabbed the Bible, and I, and, and I went to school so I know that there's an index and a glossary. How many know that there's an index and a glossary? I didn't know what a concordance was, so I was just in the back, and I was like, oh, cool, glossary. 
So I'm checking it out. That's where I was at. Never went to church, never had a Bible, ever, ever. And I'd had people tell me, Michael, just as of late, if, if you're not born again, you won't, you won't go to heaven. And I'd say, like, wow. Or you're not born again. Somebody dude told me, he said, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, wow. What does that mean? And they couldn't tell me what it meant. And I always thought, well, you guys, no offense to anybody, I said, you guys are idiots. Why would you believe something that you don't even know why you believe? And I, I was frustrated with the folks called the church. That was me. So here I am, and I'm looking through the glossary, the concordance, and I come across born again. And I'm like, it's in here. Wow. So I, I started doing John chapter 3. That's me. That night, John chapter 3, smoking weed, drinking beer. There's the Bible right there, John chapter 3. And, and I, Nicodemus asked Jesus, he goes, what do you mean born again? What am I, this is Michael's version. What am I supposed to do, jump back in my mom's stomach for the second time? I'm like, yes. What does that even mean? Jesus said, marvel not. He said, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. Then he said, there's, there's, a, there's a water birth and then a spiritual birth. You know, you, you, you have your mom gives birth and you, your water, her water breaks and you come out. And there's a spiritual birth. It says there's a fleshly birth and then there's a spiritual birth. There's a natural birth and there's a spiritual birth. For whatever reason, at that moment, it all clicked. All the cylinders hit. Everything made sense. And I walked in my bedroom in North Phoenix. It was before there was a bunch of buildings out there. It was pitch black. It was so black in North Phoenix, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I went in my bedroom, shut the door, laid on my bed, and all of a sudden, this phosphorus white light appears in my bedroom. Burning light. Burning. I mean, crazy. And I start, what are you going to do? I start bawling. I start yelling out, Jesus. And all of a sudden, he just came into my body and loved me. And I was crying, just profusely crying, crying. But he loved me anyhow. And I'm thinking, I'm the light. You got the wrong neighborhood. You got the wrong house. And he's just loving me and loving me. And God saved me on that night 17 years ago. Don't advocate doing any of that. But hey, how many know God will come to you just like you are? He'll come to you just like you are. But here's the thing. Fast forward. Next day, I, 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 the owner of the company that we used to party with, that I ran the company, and he was the owner. He and I were tight. We would laugh at Christians. He had a mother-in-law that was just fanatical Christians. Do we have any fanatical Christians in here? And we used to laugh. And not out of being rude. It was just, come on, give me a reason. Say something. And uh, I, I, walked in the, I walked in his office, shut the door, and I said, hey, bro. He's like, what's up? I said, man, God came in my bedroom last night. He looked at me like, what? He laughed. He smiled. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. And I just told him what happened. Now, listen, he didn't accept Christ right there. In fact, he ended up getting pretty ticked off of me over the next two weeks because I left in two weeks. But I watched God's power move through the air. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But I watched the effects of it hit him. And it was messing with him. To the point where he just like, uh, hey, 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 you know. Then I just started telling everybody about Jesus. I was worthless at work from that point on. I was still making money. God was blessing me. But I'll tell you what, I was worthless. All I wanted to do is talk about the Jesus that came into my bedroom. And all of a sudden, here's what happened. By the way, still smoking cigarettes. Sorry if that doesn't fit in your religious 
you know, understanding, but you can put that in your religious pipe and smoke it because I, here's what I'm saying. I was still smoking cigarettes. I was still smoking cigarettes the first time I saw a demon manifest. Yeah, I know that that doesn't make sense. You can't do that. You go to Bible. Hey, listen, I was smoking cigarettes, preaching the gospel. I wasn't like smoking during the moment, by the way. Just wouldn't want to be rude. But I was smoking cigarettes and also I was preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden, this woman's eyes flipped back totally white. Now, listen, I hadn't read 10 ways to cast the devil out. I hadn't been to Bible school. I had no clue. I was just preaching the gospel. And here's what happened. Somebody's eyes flipped back white. Now, what would you do if all of a sudden you just saw white? That's like exorcist, right? That's freaking, that's like, whoa. Freaked you out. And so I said in the name of Jesus and this started shaking around. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I had no clue. Do you, do you see that? Let me have a cigarette. That's crazy. I had no idea. No idea. All of a sudden, I started to see people saved. People respond to this message. By the way, this message hasn't changed. It's just Jesus came in my bedroom. He, he loves you. He died for you. If you believe that, he can come to you right now. And then people just started getting saved and saved. And I mean, just a bunch of people saved. By the way, I'm not in church yet. It's my whole point for even show. I've not been in church yet. Never been there. Don't even know what it's like. Thought about it a couple times. I thought there was this there's huge church. Then I thought Benny Hinn, because I seen him on TV, he's got to be in that church. He didn't even live in the city. I just had no concept. Just ignorant as could be. And and that was me. And so I I, I started preaching people get saved. Uh, I'll tell you just a few stories and we'll jump in the text. Uh, just so you know who I am, because I'm not the churchy guy. I've been in pastoral ministries for 18 years. Don't get it twisted. But but I just want you to know where I came from and still on that mission. So so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm now, I've left my job. By the way, I left, I lost my fiance. I lost my house. I lost everything. That was totally just, you know, just absolutely the will of God. But at that time, it really sucked. Can we say that? It was really bad. And it was crazy. And that's exactly where God wanted me. And I was now doing this, this uh, financial needs and analysis with this one company. I'd signed up and got my six and my 63. And I was thinking, should I get my seven? Should I be like a stockbroker and all this stuff? And I had no clue. Uh, I, I'd stopped smoking marijuana, by the way. I stopped smoking cigarettes, which was the hardest thing to do, by the way. Everything else was easy. Smoking cigarettes was hard. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody did anything. I just had to quit. And it was like hell. But you know what? Every time I need a cigarette, it became a prayer meeting. That might be for somebody in here. And God delivered me by the mighty power of his hand. He's the only one that can do it. And, uh, and I'm all for laying hands, by the way. We might do some of that. I show up. I show Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I show up. So I meet this boy. His name's Billy. Billy, I'd, I'd never met before. I was with his family. And all of a sudden, as soon as I saw Billy, my, God gave me his eyes for like a, a millisecond, a half of a second. It wasn't a whole second. I mean, it was just a boom. And what happened is I broke so much for this kid. I literally almost started bawling, but I'm here with his family, so I'm thinking, I've got to hold it together. But in that moment, I saw the love that Jesus had for this boy, Billy. Billy could not speak. He was not downed. He, his face was normal. He couldn't speak. He looked totally normal, but he couldn't get words out of his mouth. And in that moment, I was broken in half for this kid. I had no idea how much Jesus loved this kid. I had no idea how much Jesus wanted me to meet this kid. I had no idea. I'm just trying to make a living. 
And there I am, and I just was broken for him. And Billy starts talking to his mom and dad about, you know, showing with his hands and speaking with his hands. He was trying to say, I want to go next door and go swimming with the neighbor. And I couldn't understand a word. They don't think they could understand a word because he used his hands to talk. He, he had a mute spirit. That's in the Bible. And I, I didn't know anything. I just was broken for him. So I'm just trying to focus because, man, I'm messed up by what, what I just saw. And so we get done with the deal, and the Spirit of God speaks to me about the dad. And, and, I, and I just felt like, bro, i got to tell you something. He says, well, tell me something. I said, listen, man, I'm just doing this, but really, I, I'm, I'm an evangelist. I'm a Christian. Never been to church. I said, I said, bro, you got pornography. You're watching pornography, and it's messing up your home. His wife breaks, starts bawling out loud. He gets rocked. He said, can we go in the other room? I'm like, sure, we go in whatever room you want to go. Let's go. So we get in the back room. I start praying for him. He manifests. What that means is when the power of God puts, hits the button, when he, when he hits that button that only he knows by the finger of God and hits that the way he hits it, boom, the devil begins to shake. I love when the devil begins to shake. It kind of makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And, and all of a sudden, he begins to manifest. So I pray for him. He gets all cleaned up. His wife's praising God. And I'm just thinking, you are awesome. You're crazy, God. This is amazing. So we walk outside. I, I, I literally don't even know if I finished the job I was supposed to do that I came there for. But I think I did the job that I was supposed to do that I actually came there for, that supernatural job. And, and we're walking outside. And here comes Billy. And, and Billy's like looking, you know, like, hey, what's going on? And I just ran out. I said, hey, Billy. I said, he's about 15 feet from me. I said, Billy, do, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And he said, uh-huh. I mean, like, he'd been waiting his whole life for somebody to ask him that question. And I said, Billy, come here. Let me pray for you. And, it's, you know, like a kid, he's 11. He just ran and, like, tackled me. Just boom. And, and, I, and I just, this is my big spiritual prayer, by the way. I, I said, God, my hands are in his head. He's holding me. And it's just sweet as could be. And I said, God. Do what you brought me here to do. That was my prayer. Didn't say in Jesus' name. Didn't say that was it. That was it. I know you're wanting more, but that was it. And I backed him up and I said, Billy, now say I'm healed in Jesus' name. Billy said, I'm healed in Jesus' name. First words. First words. He began to dance around. He began to shout. His mom and his dad were freaking out, spinning around, screaming. You ever seen somebody get healed? You know, you have to ask him to praise God. It's like, yes, thank you. Have been to church. Found out then it wasn't Billy's mom and dad. That was grandma. Grandpa, mom, who had Billy, was taking drugs when he was in the womb. That's what happened. And there was a mute spirit on him. God cast the mute spirit out. He spoke perfectly fine. We talked for two, three weeks just to finish the story because I love the context of stories. Not just like stories. I like the context. I mean, like the Bible in context. And, and we were talking all the time. All of a sudden, I get a call from his grandma who says, uh, Michael, I need to talk to you. I said, sure, what's wrong? She, he said, Billy, Billy can't talk to you anymore. And I said, what happened? Is he just stopped talking to you? I didn't know. She said, no, no, he won't shut up. But his mom doesn't want to hear about this Jesus any longer. Doesn't want to hear about it, so he's not allowed to talk to you anymore. And anyway, Billy was healed. Couldn't talk to him anymore. And I just began to see a pretty amazing. I saw cancer several times just removed from people. You know, they would see stuff when I was praying for them. I didn't see anything. They often didn't feel a thing. You know, just crazy tumors and all stuff. Then the Spirit of God says you need to go to church. So I did what any person would do who has no idea where a church even is. I looked in a phone book. That's me. 
I looked in a phone book and I found a church and I thought I'm gonna try that one so I get up in his church on a Sunday and and all of a sudden um, I felt ill I felt sick I felt messed up and I thought man I felt good when I came in this place and so I, I just I ended up leaving and I prayed the whole week what is wrong with me God why did I feel that way you know I, I took it to myself I've, I've done something wrong I'm messed up you know because I was messed up still am Jesus help and I, I, I was just like, God, what's wrong? Next Sunday, I find another church in the uh, Yellow Pages. Just trying another one. I get up in there. This time, I feel when I'm in the church, the guy's just, he's, he's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like I'm, throw, I'm just going to vomit. I don't vomit. This is crazy. So I went home. I ran upstairs. I got on my knees, and I just started crying. Because I have no idea what's going on. I have no understanding whatsoever. I cried up, God, please tell nothing. Didn't give me nothing. Just so happens that night, 1 John 2, 27, just so happens. How many know there's no just so happens in the Bible? I come across this scripture. It says, the anointing which I never had to memorize, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. You don't need anybody to teach you. But as that same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, just as he has taught you, you shall remain in him. The Spirit of God speaks to me right there. He said, just because my name's on a church doesn't mean I'm in it. Hadn't been to church my second time. Then long story short, I just kept preaching. Ended up in a church. Good church, I guess, you know, nice people. They were Pentecostal. I didn't know what Pentecostal was. And by the way, if you speak in tongues and don't tell people about Jesus, in my estimation, you got a fake Holy Spirit. If, if you speak in tongues and act like the devil, you got a fake Holy Spirit. Just, just making sure I'm in the right place. I'm not impressed with speaking in tongues. However, I thank God, like the Apostle Paul, I speak in tongues more than you all. Like the Apostle Paul, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So evidently, it's a good thing. But the, the point is, I'd rather hang out with any dude that preaches the gospel outside this, these walls than somebody that, I'm not impressed with that. I thank God I do that, but I'm impressed with somebody walking out. But could we pick up in our text right here as we jump into this, we jump into this. Somebody shout, it's our time. So I'm just going to piggyback on Pastor Jeremy. This is our time to go. This is our time to go. This is our time to go. Matthew 10, 7. As you go, preach, saying, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right there. First thing I want to talk about is go. Go. You ever find God standing still, sitting there as if he has nothing to do? My friends, God is not stationary. He's not stagnant. He's not standing there like he doesn't have nothing to do. If you go back in Genesis, you'll find him hovering over the face of the deep. You'll find him as a mighty rushing wind in Acts chapter 2. He's always on the move. You may not be moving, but God's moving. You may be standing still, but God's already where you want to be. God is moving. He is moving. Somebody shout, it's our time to go. I know some of you don't even know what you have inside of you. You don't even know what God has given you. And so you say, look, I'm, I'm too young. I'm too new. Look, I haven't been saved long enough. I need to go to Bible school. I, I need, don't need to go. I need to grow. And I would say, look, if you don't go, you won't grow right. If you don't go, you won't grow right. If you get stuck in a classroom, you'll grow wrong. If you get stuck in the four walls of the church, you'll grow wrong. 
God said, I want you to go. The very first thing we need to see this morning, he said, God says, I want you to go. I've empowered you to go. He sends them out without a clue what to do, like me. Just get on out there. I, I seriously believe God just looks at me half the time and says, there goes Michael again. He doesn't know what he's doing. I better show up and meet me with power. And he's right. This morning, I, I know it's a little ghetto, but hey, this morning I had to go down to the hotel. We're in a nice hotel. Thank you, Fearless, for that beautiful hotel. Just for one night, then we're back in, you know, like Motel 6, whatever. It's all right. So we're, 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 I was, you know, in there this morning, and, I, and Kelly said, well, I got cereal, but I don't have, you know, you know spoons in, in, a, in, a, in bowls. So will you go downstairs? Thinking, yeah. So walking through Chateau Chateau Hotel, and I get down, I'm going to get a coffee, too. Maybe if I get a coffee, I won't feel so, you know, bad. I get some, I get some, I ain't going to spend $25 for, for each breakfast. So can I just get a, a bowl? And, and so all of a sudden, there's this guy, Michael. I didn't know I had an assignment this morning before I preached, by the way. I didn't know that. But there's Michael. Michael's a good name, by the way, man. And uh, I got a coffee from Michael. Michael's like, so my back hurts. So like, just really unusual. And I said, man, I'm sorry. I said, come here, bro, come here. And I, gra- I knew he knew the Lord, but he had fallen away. I just knew it. I don't know how I knew it. I just knew it in that moment. I grabbed his hand. I began to pray for him, and I commanded his, hat, his back to be healed. I commanded it in the name of Jesus. And I said, and I just began to pray over his life. And his, all of a sudden, he got lit up by God. God healed his back perfectly fine. He was excited. He's like, man, and, you know, so cool. So after I got done, I brought them bowls up, and we had our little, you know, breakfast. And uh, I came back down just before David picked me up, and I was, I was going to hang out with him and talk to him. He's like, man, my back is healed. And he was just all excited. I said, come on, man. God's called you. And I was just encouraging him. God wants you to go. I need to go. Somebody shout, it's our time to go. There are things that you won't know until you go. There are things that you won't know. Hear what I'm saying? There are things you won't know until you go. Hebrews, you can read it on your own. Five, chapter 5, 12, 13, 14 says, when, when you should be teaching other people, we have to reteach you the first principles of the oracles of God. This isn't my text. Just here, look at me. When you should be teaching other people, we've got to reteach you. He said, you're, you're, you, you need milk instead of solid food. You become babes. The word babes mean they don't speak. So you have to go. There are things you will not know until you go. It's a spiritual food for those that are mature, verse 15. That is those that by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. There are only things you'll know when you go. You won't even figure it out until you get out there. What am I supposed to do? Just go. No, I need to, I need to know. You put me in some Bible. No, go. Imagine disciples running up on them right like that, right there. Hey, wait, wait, yeah, but you know what? No, 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 go. Just be obedient. This whole city belongs to God. All I have to do is go. The Spirit of God gave me a vision sitting over there. I'm going to tell Pastor Jeremy, sitting right over there, and it says, I want you to multiply this, 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 this crowd by 10. He says, then I want you to multiply it by 10 again. He said, I, there's a stadium filled up and fearless with radical worshipers going after a stadium. You don't have to own it. Somebody could give it to you. You don't have to have the money for it. God just... Give it to you. It's our time to go. It's our time to go. But as you go, he said, here's what I want you to do, just in case you're wondering. It's like what I do when I get out there. Here it is. You ready? Preach. 
<laughs> uh, I don't want you to say it nicely. I don't want you to have an intellectual conversation with people. I don't want to need you to be an apologetic kind of person and get really deep and try to just argue. There's no argument. I want you to go out there and I want you to preach. People say, well, that's, that's not me. That's not, my prepare, that's not my personality. I'll say, get a new personality. <laughs> listen, listen to me. You have the ability to make a loud noise. Come on, don't, don't try, don't mess around. Now, you have the ability to make a, if you need to, you can like go, hey! I don't know if you do that. I wouldn't recommend it around most people. But you can do it. I'll prove it to you. Your, your, your friend, your mom, your brother, your sister, somebody you love, somebody you're close, somebody you're tight with is about to get hit by a car. What are you going to do? Watch, watch out. <laughs> well, they should have been looking. Watch out, you gotta say, watch out! Yeah. Kind of sounds like God talking about with all of our soul, with all of our heart, with everything. He said, when you go out, I don't want you to speak. I don't want you to talk. I want you to preach. Somebody shout, it's our time to go. I want you to preach. He said, okay, great. If I go, I'm going to go out there and preach. What am I going to say? He says, great, I'm so glad you asked. Here's what I want you to say. I want you to say the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, here's why I'm even sharing this message with you. I, uh, was it last week? I think it was last week. I, I was reading the Bible. This is a scripture. If in my Bible, it's so marked up, I can barely like read it because I've preached it so many different ways because it's all me, you know, and I've taught people for years about this text. But last week, I'm reading this, this text, and all of a sudden, this is crazy. It's weird. The word hand, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word hand jumps off the page like it's done so many times. It hits me in the chest. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's kind of interesting. Why is hand such a big deal? But I begin to study it out. The, the, the word is egiozo, and I'm probably not pronouncing it right. You go figure out how to pronounce it. Egiozo, I don't speak Greek. But it means literally that the kingdom has come now. I want you to go out and tell folks the kingdom is here right now. All of a sudden, I got so excited. I didn't know that a few hours later I would get a text. Hey, can you preach for us in the morning at Fearless? And I said, oh, yeah, I got something for you. Because it was, it was fired up in me because I realized why I see what I see. I realized why I see what I see. Because I tell folks, hey, what would it be like? What would it be like if God came here right now? <laughs> what would it be? I get crazy in those moments. I'm sorry. What would it be like if he showed up right now? Huh? He's here right now. Now, I just, I just did what the Bible, do you see that? It's what, it's, it's what he said to do. I didn't even know it until last week that I was being obedient. He's here right now. Jesus just made it simple. He said, you don't have to have a Bible degree. You don't have to go to church for 500 years. You could even do it smoking cigarettes, but I don't recommend it. I mean, just saying. He said, I want you to go out, and I don't want you to say it real nice. I want you to preach it and say the kingdom of God is here right now. And here's, the, here's the, what he wants you to do. He said, now just cast out devils. Heal some folks. And if there's leprosy, take leprosy. Take care of that. And, oh, you find a dead person, just raise him from the dead. There you go. God bless you. See, everything's good till you get to the dead person. For me, I've seen them all. I mean, I've seen all kinds, but the, the dead, the, what? Right? The dead person? Yeah. You know, Jesus is not, is not 
blown away by sickness. He's not moved by ailments. He's not moved by dead folks. He just raises them up. He said, now, you go out, and if you do this, if you're obedient, if you don't intellectualize it, but just do it, you'll see the miraculous break out. Fearless L.A. Taking over. What should I do? What should I, I just told you. Man, I, I think I can do that. Yes, you can do that. Pick it up in the next text real quick. We'll be done. Luke chapter 10. He, he sends the 70 out. So he sent the 12 out there. Matthew chapter 10. He sends the 70 out. And then when he sends them out, he tells them the same thing. We'll, we'll read the text in just a second. He says the same thing. He says, go out, heal the sick. Just take over the land. You know, just awesome. And then he, they, they come back. And look what, look what they, it says in verse 17. They come back. Lord, even the de- they come back with joy. They're like freaked out. They come back with joy. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, listen to what he said. So they came back and they're like, the demons are bowing to us in your name. Jesus is not moved. Look what he says. I saw Satan fall like lightning. How many love that right there? I, I saw him fall like, in other words, there was no conversation in heaven when he rebelled. He said, look, Satan, you know what? This has been going on too long. You need to just get out. No, 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 no. He drop kicked this foe that you're afraid of. This demon has been scaring your children. He drop kicked him out of heaven like lightning. Ah. Worried about this demon. He said, forget about that. Don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Sometimes we're so afraid of these things. Jesus is not afraid. Jesus is fearless. 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 I was driving into the city yesterday. As soon as I got kind of like really into the downtown area, you know, you kind of into that concrete jungle, so to speak. Got off the freeway and we just come into all the buildings and everything. The Spirit of God reminded me of something that I, I had in a very long fast. And God was showing me a lot of different things, but specifically the magnetism of heaven. The magnet, look, look at me in my eyes. Don't look around, don't grab a phone, don't look in it, just look at me in my eyes. The magnetism of heaven, this is for you. And, and he, was, he was showing me an image, a picture and he was showing me that, that, that the earth, because it's so big, the size of the earth and the mass of the earth was so great. And the spin, the centrifugal force that's created from the spin created gravity. I know, very deep. Everybody knows that. But the gravity's not, you know, good. It's not okay. The gravity's perfect. And, and they, they've searched all the universe for these different, you know, planets that have a similar gravitational pull because they think, well, if it does, then maybe it could have life. You know, just they're checking it out, trying to figure it out. But here it's perfect. If it was too much, you couldn't run. You couldn't do it. You'd be tired all the time. If it was too little, you'd be jumping, just flying away. It's perfect. And God said, the size of the earth and the mass of the earth, because of that, that's where you have that gravitational pull, and it's so powerful because of the size. But he said, if you introduce a magnet, a a magnet is a mere speck in terms of its weight volume to the earth. In other words, you have this huge earth, you have this tiny little magnet. And if you introduce that magnet and you get some ferrous metal, iron or steel, listen to this. All of a sudden, the earth, with all of its magnetism, loses its ability to hold the object the magnet's being applied to. You've done it. Come on, you did it when you were a kid. As soon as you put the metal, the magnet, it's attracted. 
You don't need anything to do what God wants to do. All you need is the magnetism of heaven. You don't need a system. You don't need money. You don't need that girl. You don't need that guy. All you need is a magnetism of heaven. And whatever's been holding you back will be destroyed in Jesus' name. All we need, fearless, is the magnetism of heaven. All we need is Jesus. I'm telling you, he is the only answer for everything in your life. <clears throat> Young man was talking about getting married getting all my ducks in a row, getting everything ready. I get that. I understand that. But I was just encouraged to tell him, all you need is Jesus. If you're in the will of God, you could be in two sleeping bags in a little tiny apartment, just, just listening to the Holy Spirit, moving, going out, preaching. God will take care of every need. He will take care of every need. If you just get into the magnetism of heaven, you'll watch the city, your life, your neighborhood be transformed. In the name of Jesus, fearless L.A., God. There's a couple of scriptures as a man I've dealt with. You might have too. When I mean I deal with them, I'm not talking about like, like I read them and study. I, I deal with them because I've ministered to people for years and discipled. I do a lot of discipleship of men. And I, I, I've just seen this struggle. And, and the Bible says, I think it's 28 and 1 Proverbs says, the, the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when they're pursued. Now, I, I like that scripture. The scripture says that if God puts his righteousness into you, you will not be afraid of anything. But I know a lot of people are afraid. There's that 1 John 4, 18. We love to quote it. Perfect love casts out fear. How many know that scripture? You ever heard that before? So we use that and we say, well, when you get Jesus, all the fear is gone. That's not what the scripture means. Read it. Go ahead and read it. Study it. Study around it. Because the scripture says when you get Jesus in you, you're not afraid of death anymore. You're not afraid of punishment anymore. It's literally what it means. It means that you're going to heaven, so you're not afraid. That does not mean that you're not going to be afraid on earth. We don't like to. We just like, well, hey, if you get close to the edge... On a mountain, you ought to have some fear. Somebody shout amen. Like you, 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 there are some normal fears. So that's not what the scripture means. I hate to mess with you because you love that script. Perfect love casts out fear, but then we still deal with fear. But there is another scripture that deals with this fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you a different kind of spirit that is power, it is love, and a sound mind. I want you to stand with me to your feet, Fearless LA, 11 o'clock service, radical men and women of Jesus. God's not giving you fear, but let's be real. Please look at me. You have to look at the band getting on stage. Look at me. We deal with fear. And sometimes fear can take hold of our heart, grips us. Moses dealt with fear. He said, God, I ain't going. I can't speak. I, I can't even get words out of my mouth. He said, go. He said, yeah, but I, I can't. I, I, I mean, I stutter. Finally, he said, look, get Aaron. Just go. Just go. Just go. Just get out and go. Only if you'll be with me, God. Then I thought about it. 
The real fear is not that you don't believe in God or not. You believe in God. He's touched your life. He's touching you right now. Today is the day of salvation. But the real question is, is do you believe he'll be there? Come on. Do you believe when you step out and you say, the kingdom of God has come now? Do you believe he's going to show up with power? That's it, my friends. That's really it. Everything else is, is not really the issue. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Perfect love comes in like a wind in your soul. God's not looking that you'd be touched and you'd feel, you know, have some goose pimples. He's looking that his love would come and fill every part of you. To the extent that you are filled through and through, every eye closed. Every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, for perfect love that comes in like a spirit father of a mighty rushing wind and love and boldness, Father, and glory and righteousness infuses our blood, God, until we become one spirit. For those that are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. And Father, in the name of Jesus, this is our time, God. This is our time to go, to take over the land. If you're in this place this morning and you do not know Jesus, all that means is that you're not sure. You have that fear that if you died, you wouldn't be with him. God says, I want to take that fear away. I want to be one with you. If that's you in here and you need Jesus to come in your life, you need him to come and fill your heart to the degree you know that he loves you. You know that he wants you. You know that he's for you. If that's you and you don't know him, and you say, look, preacher, I, I want to meet this Jesus. You're talking to meet that, that awesome God. I want to meet him. I want him in my life if that's you. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand. Come on. Come on. How many would say that they've heard? Praise God. I see those hands. They've heard about this powerful God, but they're not experiencing it in their life. They're not experiencing to the degree they know they're supposed to. And if the truth be known, and it is, there's a fear. There's a fear. And I say, I don't want to be afraid any longer. I want to go out with you, God. If that's you, and you're tired of being fearful, and you want to be fearless, just shoot up your hand. Everybody that raised their hand, just come forward. Run forward. Run forward. Run forward. Jesus' name.
That's cool. I, I, I promised God in the last fast we just did, my wife and I, which is just a few weeks ago. And by the way, you ought to fast, not eat food for some time. I know, I know that's rough right there. He said, don't eat food. Just try it out. Your whole life will be changed. Do it often. Disciples always were not eating food. Not, no food, no food for some time. You can do it. I promise you can do it. But I told the God, I told the Lord that, look, I'm not going to do anything that you haven't told me. So up to this point, I was not going to pray for the sick, but he said, I want you to pray for the sick. You're at this altar right now. You don't know him. I want you to pray for me. You're at this altar right now. There's been too much fear, too much fear. Fear has got the best of you and no longer. There needs to be resolve in your spirit to say no longer, no longer. Why allow fear to control my life? I am becoming fearless right now. Fearless in Jesus' name. Fearless in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. I want you to say we're going to hover. Hover, hover over this city, God. In Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, Come on, lift your hand. Over this city. after me it's real simple we're just talking to God now eyes on all eyes on him all eyes on him would you say this I want you to shout it out I want you to mean it with your heart all that is within you I want you to say Jesus come on say Jesus today I give my life to you I give my everything to you I surrender it all I pick up my cross and I'm going to begin to follow you. Today, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Today, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Today, Jesus, I'm going to go. Today, Jesus, I'm going to go. Jesus, take over me.
who, 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 who just needs God? Yes, ma'am, what do you need? Real quick, I need you to shout it out. Migraines. So do you have a migraine right now? Would you put your purse right there? We'll walk you through. That's my kind of Christianity. Watch out. Just don't touch her if you could just for a second. What's your name? Lisa. Awesome. Your migraines are gone. They're gone. Now, now hold on. Look at me. They're gone. So you you try to get, make it show up like something that you knew it was there, but you'll find that it's not there. Okay? You feel anything? Shake your head like that, because you couldn't do that with a migraine. Yeah? Where's it at? Huh? God. It's gone. Amen. Not a big deal. I figure we ought to put things in perspective. We ought to th- put things in perspective. If God made a toe, he can heal a toe. If he's spoken, a big earth popped out of nothing. Come on, somebody. He can heal something. What's your name, bro? Yeah, you right there in the plaid shirt, dark plaid. Tad? Zach. Good name. Zach, Zach, Zach. I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever met you. Maybe we had back in the day. I grew up in SoCal, so. Yeah. I just feel like the Lord's called you, bro, to walk with him. But in a way, that it's like you and daddy holding his hand. And that might be indifferent for you because of your caregivers, your dad, or what have you. But God wants you just to hold his hand. And he's going to walk you. And I feel like God's put prosperity upon you. And maybe you're not there yet, but God, God knows what he has for you. And inside of you, almost instinctively, you know that God's doing that in your life. I want you to lift your hands. If you're ready, bro, I want you to say, I surrender everything, God. I surrender everything. Come into my life. Take over. I want to hold your hand, Daddy. Jesus' name. Anybody else real quick? Just you need, you need God to heal you. David, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. They've lied to you and said it was this, it was that thing. Take this medicine, all that. Believe me, bro, I know. The devil is a liar. He is the healer. In the name of Jesus, be healed, body. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Come on, somebody. If you know who it is, if you know his name, if his name is Jesus and he's your king, come on, if you believe that, somebody shout! Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you. Thank you.